welcome to this week's episode of Gin and Beer It. I am your host, Meg, and this week I am joined by a repeat. I believe this is your third time on the show as a guest. That is Harry, who is my flatmate and also sometimes my boyfriend. Evening. This is my third time. I think you need more guests. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. So if anyone would like to be a guest on the show, please email me at ginandbeeratshow at gmail.com. Quickly. So Harry, what will we be talking about today? Today we'll be talking about the pina colada. Because this is the drink that you decided is the most important to you. It's the drink I enjoy the most. Yep, and for everyone who hears the clinking in the background, it's Harry and I sipping our pina coladas out of our pineapple-shaped glasses. Which I got on Amazon. For 11 pounds. Linking bio. Anyway, so we are going to be talking about the pina colada. For those of you who have never had a pina colada before, the classic pina colada recipe is known as one and a half ounces of white rum, typically Bacardi white. One and a half ounces, so one and a half ounces is about 45 milliliters. One and a half ounces or 45 milliliters of cream of coconut, the most popular brand of which is Coco Lopez, although I have not seen Coco Lopez in regular supermarkets in the UK, so I'm not sure if that's very easy to get here. And four and a half ounces, which I think is somewhere between 90 and 100 milliliters of pineapple juice. This can be drank frozen. I think that's the... Uh, frozen and blended I think that's kind of the classic pina colada that everyone has on holiday or it can also be drank on ice so Harry why don't we go into why is the pina colada so important to you well it's I wouldn't say it's important to me but it's my favorite drink it's my drink of choice and why is it your drink of choice (laughs) I sounded like Louis Theroux there (laughs) Um, the reason I have chosen this drink is because I like the taste mm-hmm. um, and I like the history of the drink and um, I think it just reminds me of summer and yeah. holiday mm-hmm. so that's the one I've gone for. So in terms of history what do you know about the history of the pina colada? Well I think you're going to be surprised I know the whole legacy and the whole history of this drink Give it to us. Well, it dates back to the 19th century. And the pirate who, off the top, I think his name was... Roberto Cofresi. Roberto Cofresi. And he um, he wanted to um, give his fellow workers on the ship a bit of a pick-me-up. And so decided to make a blend of white rum... Uh, pineapple juice and coconut, coconut milk. milk. Yep. Um, so that was kind of the original flavours. Well... But then, the difference is then in 1954, we go forward to the Caribe Hotel in uh, Puerto Rico. <laughs> um, in, the, in 1954, this is where it gets quite complicated and quite... Um, What's the word? Controversial. Mm-hmm. Because um, Ramon um, Mon- Cheeto. Montrito Moreira. Moreira 
uh, <laughs> he was asked by his hotel people management to come up with a, a bit of a showstopper and so so put together the idea of uh, white rum, pineapple juice, and coke and cream of coconut, and that was where, by all accounts, the pina colada was born. However, the the controversy then starts because um, I think in the early, I think it was early 2000s, we then had a Spaniard who came on the scene, whose name was Ricardo Gracia, I think you'll find. (laughs) And he said, actually, in the same year, 1954, he also worked at the hotel, but the reason that he served that cocktail first because he used to make a flavor, a cocktail of white rum, pineapple juice, no, white rum, um, co- cream, of cream of coconut, and then you and crushed ice, and used to serve it in a, um, a coconut, basically. But however, in 1954, there was a strike on the coconut cutters. And they couldn't cut down no coconuts. <laughs> so instead of serving that cocktail in the usual coconut, you had to serve it in a pineapple. Which obviously, with the pineapple, the cream of coconut and the white rum, are the flavours of the pina colada. But we don't believe Ricardo. We're on team Ramon Marrero, or as some people refer to him as just Monchito. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how the coke the <laughs> the pina colada was born, and it's just a funny story, you know. Why can't why two people from the same hotel in the same city in the same country have come up with the same cocktail? And going back to what you said earlier about Coco Lopez, Coco Lopez used to supply that hotel with their cream of coconut. Yeah. And cream of coconut, Coco Lopez didn't come out until 1954. So, yeah, no, that was the same. So I could put a link in the show notes, but I got the history of the pina colada from literallyhistory.com. And that was all this, what Harry just said was all the same that I came to in my research. I think the lesson is the same as what we've learned with the Negroni as well as the martini conversation that I had with Michael. There's virtually no cocktail in history where the origins of it are not up in the air in some way, shape, or form because you're always going to have multiple people claiming that they came up with something. And also, it's not ridiculous to say, I mean, if... Ramon Marrero was experimenting for three months trying to come up with a drink that was representative representative of Puerto Rico. It is not out of the question to think that someone else working at the hotel was helping him experiment and would have come up with a variation in one way or the other. Yeah. However, I think we've just got to agree. Roberto Cofresi. The pirate from Puerto Rico was the origin, original reason that this drink came to be. Sure. I mean, I like because, pirates. W- w- yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, who's who's really, like, 
for someone to take that and then be like, do you know what, instead of cream of coconut, I'm going to use coconut cream. I mean, they're not exactly the next dice, are they? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, I think we can all agree, though, the most important moment in history for for the Puerto Rico, for the Pina Colada, is that in 1978, it was declared the national drink of Puerto Rico. And the following year, it was cemented into pop culture in a song that I think we all know now. The song was originally called Escape. It became a number one in the United States in 1979. And apparently it was the last song to top the Billboard 100 in the 1970s, interestingly enough. And it's known for its chorus, If You Like Pina Coladas and Getting Caught in the Rain, the lyric became so popular that the record company added the Pina Colada song, parenthetical, into the title line so that people would know. For Complete sidebar. If anyone's ever actually listened to that song, it's ridiculously catchy. We all know it. It's really depressing. It's literally about a husband and wife that both want to cheat on each other, and they put an ad out in a newspaper. Yes. That's pirates for you. What? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that is the history of the pina colada. So what is the best pina colada that you have ever had? Oh, it's a good question. Probably, I think a lot of, the reason you get into a drink is start drinking more and more is because you obviously enjoyed your first one. So I'd say first one on holiday. I think that, oh, I think that was the first time I had one. So probably on holiday when mm-hmm. I was in back in what? 1998? <laughs> <laughs> 2002? Yeah, no, a bit later. Probably 2005, 2006. So no. Um, yeah, on holiday, on a beach. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I have to agree. And so you said you were in Barbados when you had yeah. the first. So one of the really nice things about a pina colada is that you can make it, you can make a virgin pina colada, non-alcoholic, and it basically is just as delicious and very easy to make. So my first memory of the pina colada is when we, I went to Disney World with my family in 2000 and we stayed at the Polynesian Resort, which is a, you know, Polynesian tropical themed resort at Disney World and they serve virgin pina coladas <clears throat> and my cousins and I ordered those all the time. And then I also remember the following year in 2001, I went to Jamaica to an all-inclusive resort with my parents and the hotel had a swim up bar which as a six-year-old there's pretty much nothing actually still as an adult I think a swim up bar is one of the coolest concepts ever and I got many a pina colada from the swim up bar yeah my my one thing about a virgin pina colada is it has to be a peanut colada and just add a different flavor don't don't try and (laughs) (laughs) don't don't try and um copy something that should never be copied just add something a little bit different when have you ever had a peanut colada when it's uh, when i've been ordering off the kids menu and what what exactly goes into a peanut colada it would be um Cream of coconut, 
Um, it would be peanut butter. It would be pineapple juice. Some ice. Give it a stir around. Bing bang bosh. I feel like if there's peanut butter in it, you'd need to blend it and not just give it a stir. That's what I meant. Okay, but this does actually bring me into the, the topic of of variations that would be tasty. So have, have you ever had any sort of different variation on the classic recipe of a pina colada? Um, a pina colada. <laughs> You've never had a pina... <laughs> Where? Um, it sounds completely made up. No, I'm sure I've, I've had it in a restaurant before as a dessert. I don't see that it's that amazing. It's a bit bizarre. I don't I think it's quite normal. All right, well, a variation on the pina colada that I have heard about that I have not yet the tried. The vodka one. Have you tried the vodka? No, one? but I don't have... I To me, that is a drink. If you're going to put booze in it, it needs to be rum. Yeah, no, I agree with that. What about there's also a variation where you put bitters on top? So, okay, that brings me to my variation. So, yeah, you can do it, it like, I think, <clears throat> so obviously, as we said earlier, I think the version that everyone associates with the pina colada is a frozen pina colada. Um, and, but you can also have it over ice, which I didn't really, I remember I went to Ibiza three years ago, and they served their pina coladas just over ice, and I thought that was an abomination. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, a pina colada should be served over ice. The original concept of the pina colada was to both make the pirates merry and also refreshed. And to do that, you would need ice as well as alcohol. Therefore, I find it quite a um, I find it quite insulting to the drink and it, the, a lack of understanding about the foundations of the drink if you don't serve it over ice. But you like it frozen, blended, and then pour it over ice as well. Yeah. That's not really normal. That's refreshing. <laughs> so anyway, so yes, there's a version of the pina colada where you pour it over shaved, you know, like really crushed, fine crushed ice, and then you put Angostura bitters on top. However, a version that I recently read about that I've never tried, but I watched a video from the Educated Barfly is called the Angostura Colada. And that is one and a half ounces of Angostura bitters, which for those of you who are, you know, vaguely familiar with bitters, typically a drink that involves bitters will have, they'll, it'll be in a measure of a dash, one or two dash, you know, a Manhattan takes like two dashes of bitters. This is one and a half ounces, which is a shot. It's 45 milliliters. That's a lot of bitters. Like you'd have to take the little thing off the top of your bitter container to actually pour that into a glass. Um, then it calls for one half of rum, typically overproof. Um, so Smith and Cross or some sort of Navy strength rum. And then two ounces of pineapple juice, which, um, as I said earlier, Regular pina colada calls for about four and a half ounces of pineapple juice, so that is significantly less um, tartness from the pineapple juice, and then an ounce and a half of cream of coconut and a bit of lime juice. Um, and this is served with crushed ice in a glass. This I don't think this would be very good as a blended drink. I mean, I'm sure you could if you really wanted to. Um, and it sounds interesting, but it's kind of... I think it's something that... People who, if you find the classic pina colada to be a bit too sweet, 
And if you like the bitter taste of Angostura, I think it's definitely something worth trying. I like Angostura, so I definitely think at some point I will try this. Um, but that's definitely a very different drink. Especially as well because it calls for overproof rum, which is... We have some Navy Strength rum called Woods, which, Harry, you have tried. Yeah. And it's delicious, mm-hmm. but it's very strong. It's very dark. It's got, like, quite a chocolatey... T- it's yeah. very It's very different from Bacardi White. Yeah. And it also makes the drink a lot boozier. Yeah. Well, I, it's, I think there's, there's four main... You could, I'm sure you could probably have... There's four kind of main categories of rum out there, I think. In like light or your white or your yeah. silver or whatever you want to call it. Then you've got like your spiced rums. Then your dark, which I guess is like a navy yeah. rum. Then like an amber or a golden rum. So that Smuggler's Cove book. Um, so Smuggler's Cove is a book written by Martin Kate and his wife who own Smuggler's Cove, which is, like, the most world-renowned tiki bar located in San Francisco. And his book is, like, both a recipe book for his cocktails, but also just a history of tiki culture, as well as, um, like, just about the restaurant. And also he has a whole section explaining rum, because rum is basically the most difficult spirit to categorize. It's not so for, you know, people who aren't aware, rum is just distilled sugarcane um and because of how sugarcane is made unlike wine or other spirits it um and other forms of alcohol it the the way that rum turns out really has nothing to do with where the sugarcane is from so it's not something that you'll have any sort of like proper designation for um the way that they really Distinguished rum is based on whether it's made in certain pot stills or there's a whole process and Martin Kate really breaks down the different types of rums and he's got way more than like four Um, and even in the really nice way that he breaks it down it's still in my opinion incredibly confusing to try to categorize rum but yes like I think for the typical person you've got white rum You've got darker rums, you've got spiced rum, which is like Captain Morgan and stuff that most people don't really use in cocktails. Um, And you've got overproof rum. And you've also got like blended Jamaican rum, uh, like aged, different aged rums. So um, anyway, that was a bit of a side tangent. But if you are interested in both tiki culture as well as learning about rum, I could not recommend smugglers cove enough i will put a link for that in the show notes and also relating to that the pina colada is not technically considered a tiki drink um the guy who does the how to drink videos on youtube which is an excellent channel if you've never watched it Um, I like his videos because he, like me, has never been a bartender, but he's like an absolute drink expert and he makes them really fun and he relates them to different like pop culture things. Like I think he made like a, you know, Stranger Things drink and stuff like that. Um, He has a really nice way of explaining how the pina colada is not a tiki drink. Um, You know, he's like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't ever argue with someone at a party if they called it a tiki drink, but just based on the origins of the pina colada, it's it's a vacation drink, it's a tropical drink, but it's technically not a tiki drink. So what makes a tiki drink? 
So tiki drink, again, going back to the Smuggler's Cove book, tiki drinks are typically one of sour, two of sweet, three of strong, four of weak. So if you think about like a Mai Tai, the sour is the lime, the sweet is the Orajat syrup and the simple syrup. Um, the strong are the two different types of rum or just one, depending on how you make it. And the weak would be... Oh, on a Mai Tai, I mean, I guess, I guess the Orjot syrup would also be the weak. Um, but, but, you know, there's, there's not like a, a set definition of a tiki drink, but I also think the people categorize tiki drinks as typically, but not always rum based drinks that were invented in kind of the fifties during the tiki craze by Trader Vic and Don the Beachcomber, which the pina colada, as we have dived into the history of that you so nicely spelled out for us was not it was well it came out in the 50s but it in came the beachcomber bar but not don the beachcomber is a is a person not... I, don't, I don't care who don is <laughs> i don't need to know who don, but it, it, it later found fame in trade and right but it's just it's not considered part of that it's not I like do. there's no recipe for a pina colada in the smuggler's cove book oh well, they need to add a few more pages, don't they? Um, as well in terms of variation. So one of the things that we talked about is, is cream of coconut and kind of what the fuck that is. So I actually, the first time that I made me and Harry a pina colada, I actually made it incorrectly because I just assumed that cream of coconut was just coconut in a can, the coconut milk in a can, and it's absolutely not. No. So. <laughs> it's hell to play. You liked it, though. No. You look, I had it. I gave you a second chance. Anyway, so I basically made exactly the same specs of a traditional pina, frozen pina colada, but I made it with coconut milk instead of cream of coconut, which resulted in a much healthier drink. So if you're looking for kind of a weeknight pina colada, you could just use coconut milk. It'll be kind of thinner and less sweet. Um, but... It's not, that's not correct if you're trying to actually make a traditional pina colada. Um, so as I said, Coco Lopez is the most famous brand. As Harry said, they, they provided the cream of coconut to the Carib Hotel in Puerto Rico in the 50s. Um, I have not, I'm sure there's some specialty shop in the UK that sells it or bars are able to get it, but I've not seen it in like Sainsbury's here. So I made my own cream of coconut based off of a recipe from Steve the bartender on YouTube and it's super easy. You literally just put a can of coconut milk and a full cup of sugar into a um, into a pot on the stove and you stir it and heat it until it's com- the sugar is completely dissolved and it's combined and you know it's combined when the kind of opaque white coconut milk turns a bit more clear. And then I just threw it in a bottle in the fridge, um, and that's that's cream of coconut. So I'd honestly recommend. And then you're not getting all these like gross stabilizers and stuff in it. So I'd actually recommend making your own, even if you can get your hands on some Coco Lopez. Mm-hmm. What pineapples did you use? So for the ones that the the it's a good point you bring up for the ones that I made today. What I like to do is I put all the, you know, regular ingredients of a pina colada in the blender, but then rather than ice, I used frozen pineapple chunks. So I just put a 
container of pineapple from Sainsbury's in the freezer. And I like using frozen fruit instead of ice because I think it gives it a thicker, more creamy consistency. I This is the same thing when I make myself smoothies. I use frozen banana instead of using ice. But I will say that I do think it makes it more tart because there's more pineapple in it. So if I like the tartness versus the insane sweetness of the cream of coconut, so I like it that way. But if you don't like the tartness as much, you might just want to use regular ice. Or if you use the frozen pineapple, you might want to tone down the actual pineapple juice you use just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I ask, of course, is because uh, pina colada in Spanish, if we go back to its origins, means strained pineapple. <laughs> and what is strained pineapple? It's pineapple that has been strained. <laughs> like it's been put under stress. Yes. Interesting. No, of course, that's not what a strained pineapple is. A strained pineapple is simply pineapple um, that has been blended or shaken with ice. Mm. So it makes sense that that's why it's called a pina colada. Yeah. Um, in terms of other variations, I think you could easily throw it some mango in there, which would be really good. You could put a bit of lime in there. Um, I think there's a lot that you could do. You could throw some like whipped cream on top of a pina colada. I feel like I've had that before. So if you could be anywhere right now drinking a pina colada, where would you be? Oh. On a beach somewhere. Hmm. With sand. Well, luckily for you, we're inside our house during a very rainy, windy day in London, so it's basically exactly the same. Yes. Yes. Not What's the worst pina colada you've ever had? Well, I'd, I'd, any any pina colada that, as we're going back to earlier, takes the rum, like just removes the rum and serves it as a virgin equivalent. Because, you know, at, le- at least change it slightly. Make it a peanut colada. Don't don't just serve a peanut colada without I'm rum. literally going to Google this right now because I don't <laughs> think a peanut colada is a thing. It is. Yeah, if you search peanut colada, all of the results are just pina coladas because Google's like, you must have just misspelled that. <laughs> well, Google's not always right. All right, well, oh yeah, another another good adult pina colada memory for me is that my sister and I went to Barcelona on holiday about three, a little over three years ago, and we had pina coladas on the beach in Barcelona, and they were delicious, and I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a Staten Island ferry? Is that a drink? Yes. No. And if it's anything like the actual Staten Island Ferry, I don't think I'm interested. Well, it's um, it consists of equal measures of Malibu rum and pineapple juice. So it's very similar to the pina colada. I hate Malibu rum. Mm-hmm. It tastes like sunscreen in a bad way. Interesting fact for you, it's the only cocktail named after one of the five um, parts of New York that doesn't contain vermouth. 
Interesting. Thing about Malibu rum is that I don't know about here, but in America, Malibu is the drink that all of the teenagers always sneakily drink at parties because every set of parents in America has a bottle of Malibu that they never touch. And so as a teenager, it's the easiest bottle of liquor to steal because you know your parents are never going to notice that you drank it. And it's disgusting and I hate it. It's like slow gin or Baileys in the UK. Hmm. I like slow gin and Baileys. I like them both, but really, how often are they getting drunk on a daily basis? No, it's true. It's true. Also, Baileys goes off, so... Like, if, if people don't drink it at Christmas, it's just yeah. going to go bad. So, as the end of my segment, I always like to tell my guests what version of a drink, the drink that we've been discussing that I think that represents them. And I would like to say that a peanut colada represents you because you barely exist, <laughs> except for in our imagination. <laughs> Google and it. Some, 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 some virgin equivalent. But some people also might be highly allergic to you. <laughs> well, I have a question before I leave because yeah. I need to get something out. What's the difference between white rum and, and not any other coloured rum? It's. I think it has to do with how it's aged, and a lot of like a lot of dark rums are white rums that have just had like food coloring added to them so it depends on if they've stripped the color like i think white rum they've just stripped the color away see i've i've heard two different stories and this is why i ask because there's a a london rum man i think that might even be his his official name the london rum man who claims that a white rum is just a normal run, rum that's been distilled through charcoal to remove the colour mm-hmm. or filtered through charcoal to remove the colour. Yeah, I think that's true. But then, if you, if you Google it, it just comes up saying that a white, white rum is aged in steel casks yeah. or something where other rums are aged in oak barrels barrels yeah I think it's a combination of, I think so it which one is it I think Let's it could get be to both the bottom of this palaver alright well why don't we, we we can sign off so that we can both go explore that well do I not allocate you a drink no go for it please okay. do I would go for a ooh Mojito. No, it's you. It's what variation of the pina colada would it find? Uh, oh no, 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 no! Mm. We'll go for a. <sighs> mm. Some sort of, oh, maybe even a vodka, a vodka pina colada. That is the most bitter. nasty thing that you could ever say bitter, to me. Bitter, and no one really likes it. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, thanks, Harry, for joining this week on Gin and Beer It. Pleasure. And thank you to the listener for listening to this week's episode. We hope that you have enjoyed it. 
You can find me at www.jenandbarrettshow.com, by email at show at gmail.com, Instagram at show, Twitter at pod. If you have any requests for drinks that you would like covered or if you would like to come on the show and discuss your favorite drink, please do send me an email or DM me on Instagram. And also check out my Instagram at show every Thursday on IGTV for quick drink tutorials. And I think that's everything. And you can find me on the sofa because I've not moved from for four months. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See you next week. If you like pina coladas...